Come on, church. Let me hear you. Come on, y'all. Hey, man, we are so thankful that you're here. We're having a lot of fun. And before we continue with Mother's Day, let's get the thing that everybody's asking me. Are we moving or not? Are you ready? We're moving. So we didn't get all the money that we needed, so you still have time to give if you want to. But we got enough to go. We're going for it. So join us on June 4th down at the boardwalk from 5 to 6 p.m. We're going to even let you do some of the demos, son. Start tearing it up so we'll have a little fun with it. So thank you so much for giving. Thanks so much for making it happen. Come on, one more time, y'all. How cool, right? <laughs> Give you more details leading up to it, coming up to it. But I have to just thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving us an opportunity that is really a once-in-a-lifetime deal for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And speaking of celebration, it is also the moment to celebrate all of these wonderful mothers in the room. Come on, y'all. Give them one more round of applause, y'all. Big, big, big. Now, why, 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 why do we do this? Because you're that special, moms, and we appreciate that you would come and hang out with us, that you would tune in today and watch online. All of you truly are a gift to us, and we're super grateful that you've chosen to be with us today. I did uh, look up the history of Mother's Day because I was kind of confused on when did this start and how did it come about, and it is old school. We're going all the way back to 1900s, like early 1900s is when it kicked off. And what was amazing to me that the woman that started, are you ready for this? She was not married and never had kids. Do you know that? That's not a joke. I looked it up. I was like, because she wanted to celebrate her mom. So when you think about celebrating how special this is, that's why I was trying to greet all you moms out there. We love you. And we are super thankful for the vision of starting a holiday to celebrate all of you special moms. And then I also continued the search just so you know. So it was like 1914 or something. It became a national holiday. And do you know how long it took to really make Father's Day a national holiday? 60 more years. That I'll just let you know, all right? I'm already letting you know. But we're super grateful, seriously, for every one of you being here today. I pulled some old school pictures to have a little fun because we obviously go all the way back to the 50s in this picture. You know, this is why there's punch out there. There's all kind of cookies and mints and all that stuff. You go to the 80s is the next little montage here. That is why we have flowers out there for you today. But I got to go back to the lime sherbet punch because my grandmother loved lime sherbet. That's why it's out there. If you didn't get it, make sure you pick it up on your way out. And if you didn't get your carnation, we have actually brought carnations out today. Old school, man. Never done this in the history of Simple Church. So make sure you pick those up. Take one to your mom if you need one on your way out. If you didn't get one, if you're going to see your mom, please do that. And that goes all the way back to 1908, even before the national holiday. This is one of the first events they did at a church. So it's kind of cool to remember all of that. And the reason we do everything on this day is because moms are amazing. You truly are a gift to us. And I don't care if you're a single mom, an older mom, a young mom. You may be a new mom. I know somebody just walked in. They said, man, I found out I'm pregnant this week. Come on, that's pretty awesome. And then also the widow moms. Thank you, all of you, for being here. One more time, give it up for them, love for them. We truly believe you are amazing. But this is where we'll take a slight detour because as we celebrate moms and this history of celebrating moms, we also know that in our modern world, moms don't always feel amazing. We think you're amazing, but you don't always feel that way. And many people... And when you start examining the why behind that, it is because this word right here is so real for so many people. Social media today, you begin to look around at other moms, you go, I'm just not as good as them, or I'm not as cool as them, or as hip as them, or you know, as creative as them, and you begin to beat yourself up a little bit. 
But then when I was growing up, my mom, she would beat herself up because she wasn't as good as the TV moms. You remember old school back in the day? How about right here, Miss Cunningham? Anybody remember that mama? And then if it wasn't her that you were comparing yourself to, it would have been Miss Cleaver. She was like the mom of, you know, all moms. And then for the single moms out there, they created even TV shows with Alice. Do you remember this mom right here? Waiting tables, taking, yeah, somebody's clapping. Thank God. They're like, man, I remember her. Somebody you could relate to. But then there was also another single mom that really had it figured out because she got the man doing the housework. Y'all remember Angela, who's the boss? She had old Tony Danza. He was the housekeeper, you know. And then you have the 80s moms, which this was Miss Huxtable. Y'all may remember that, right? I loved that back in the day. But probably the most famous mom for the 80s, it's right, it's Marge Simpson. Y'all remember that right there, right? <laughs> Cartoons, you know, it doesn't matter. Television, movies, everyone asks, you know, when you're trying to compare and they get in this trap of comparing themselves to other moms or whether that's today social media or movies or whatever it may be, I couldn't help but compare my mom to somebody. Now, if you don't know what my mom, she has passed now, but look at that rock and roll guy right there. And here she is, sweet as she could be uh, most of the time, but not always. If you go, what do you mean? If I was trying to define or compare my mom to somebody in movies or in television, this is no doubt who my mom would be right there, all right? <laughs> my mom did not play, son. I'm going to just tell you right now. There, I mean, she was a cussing mom, so don't judge her, all right? She's RIP. She's up there wrestling with Jesus. But I can promise you, she was just like Medea. She just cut to it. She was tough. Now, uh, we pulled a clip because many of you don't understand why me and my brother are the way we are, but you will after this clip because remember it took me 10 years to get out of college, you know what I'm saying, I graduated high school and then I was just doing all this other stuff. I never was really good in school and my mom was trying to help us with that. Me and my, bro my brother went to Magnet, he was better than me, but still we were working through. But when we found this clip, we were like, this is Mama Juju, that's what we called her, Mama Juju. This is Medea 101, and this is how me and my brother grew up. Watch. Medea, I ain't got that long. I need some help. Go upstairs and call your tutor on the telephone, honey. She said you behind, and she will help you. Go call her. No, I ain't calling her. I don't even like her. I ain't doing that. Honey, when I tell a child to do something in my house, it ain't no conversation. <laughs> it ain't no negotiation. They get up and do what I told them to do. I got a problem I want you to solve. <laughs> okay, Tony, this is your problem. Medea told Tony to go upstairs, 13 stairs, and call 10 digits to get some help with her homework. Tony said she ain't doing it, sat back on the sofa and folded two of her arms and rolled two of her eyes. <laughs> Medea grabbed Tony by two of her ankles, dragging her up the stairs, hitting her head on every step. How many bruises will little Tony have by the time she gets to the emergency room at Grady Hospital? Hey, and I don't know if y'all can tell it, but Medea had that cigarette in her lap. That was my mom, all right? She was smoking. She was going to tell us how it is. You had to just do it. Now, the fortunate thing for me is, is I was raised under my mom, and we laughed, but there were some great memories, and I'll tell you a couple here in a minute. But then everyone also asked me, like, but what TV mom is your wife like? What is, you know, who's Angie like? Well, it's really this right here, modern family mom. All right, looks like her, kind of, you know, fun, crazy. But I can honestly say, when I look at Angie raising our kids, she has been truly amazing because 
she can do it all. I found these pictures from her first, you know, this is when Hannah was born, when she became a mom. And Angie told me last night going to bed, she told me this morning going up, she was just like, I cannot thank you enough for making me a mom. I love you. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Angie, you're so sweet. You're so kind and hardworking. I found this picture. She didn't know what's going on. Holding Ian, you know, saying Ian playing bass today, which is crazy. You know, Hannah out there working to do good store, Emma out there. And, and this was before even, Emma was even here. And so she, with three kids, was constantly doing it all. And I'm like, you truly are an amazing woman. But this is the part that my mom struggled with and Angie struggled with. They're both amazing moms, but they don't always feel amazing. Now, let me explain that a little further. I look at them and see all the positives and all the things that they accomplished and realize that our kids wouldn't be good. I wouldn't be good if it wasn't for mom. All of these amazing things have, you know, have, have been accomplished because of their leadership and investment. But when they look in the mirror, or they would talk about themselves, and I'm still hearing Angie say this, and I can still remember my mom saying this. They would doubt themselves. They would struggle with their self-worth. I'm just not good enough. I don't feel like I'm being you know, as good as this. I could have done better. There's fear. They would let fear overrun them, anxiety. All of these things would be clouding their minds. So although I view them and we view moms as amazing, many times you may struggle with your view of yourself. You may struggle with, am I really making a difference? Does it really matter? Well, I found a movie. It's called Mom's Night Out. And there is a clip from this movie I think you can relate to. If you're a mom in the modern world today, you will be able to go, man, I get it exactly. This is how I feel. And this is the struggle is real. It's got a little fun in it. You know, you'll laugh a little bit, but I think you can also say, I relate. Watch. It's 5 a.m. Do you know where your children are? Mine are in bed. I should be in bed. It's Mother's Day, but I'm not. Wanna know why? Because I'm a clean freak. I am talking freaky deaky Dutch. If you were to lock me away in a white room in a straitjacket, it would actually feel comforting. As long as the walls were spotless and nobody wore shoes. I can actually feel the house getting dirty. Like I have nerve endings in the carpet. And it affects me. Wanna know how? First, I feel distracted. Distracted. D-I-S-O. So see, like right now, I'm thinking of the cleaning supplies I left out and how one of the kids is going to get up and drink Clorox and then I'd end up having to call poison control and they'd say, sorry, Mrs. Field, too many times this month and take my kids away. Too many times this month, Miss Field. We're here to take your children away. <sighs> I've played it all out. I'm sure you've played this all out. Which is kind of morbid. After I feel distracted, I feel stressed. Then I have a moment. <laughs> Daddy, this is me having a moment with my daughter. Hun, about the stress level. What? Well, it's a little high. Gee, uh, the kind of psycho thing you just did. Did you just call me psycho? No. Did you just call no. me psycho? No, no. It was a little psycho. This is me having a moment with some helpless newlyweds. We just wanted to say congratulations and savor this moment in your life. So when I started to speak, I, I thought it would help. 
But then the words just started coming out of me like lava. You're gonna blink seriously like blink and it's all gonna be over and replaced with just volume. Like just oh, amazing, amazing, beautiful volume. Look at that. Look at that look on her face. That's the look of a girl whose fairy tale just ended. I murdered it. I am a fairy tale murderer. It only takes so much before you crack. the Bruce Banner of stay-at-home moms. He doesn't want to turn into the Hulk. It just happens. Which is exactly how I feel. I love my kids. I love my husband. My, my minivan, my minivan is awesome. I have this incredible life. So why do I feel this way? Anybody relate out there? Where you at, mamas? Come on. Yeah, of course you do. Because you know you're trying to manage it all. You're juggling everything. You're trying to be perfect and it doesn't always work out that way and so you struggle with your worth you struggle with did I do it good enough all the different things come in your mind well I hope that by the time you leave today I'm going to make you feel better you're going to walk out of here and go all right there is hope and I'm going to go all the way back to the New Testament first and this is a moment that we did not get taught as young people in the church because it might mess with you a little bit but it might encourage you moms today. Watch Luke chapter 2. When Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem as they had done before. So first off, remember, he's young, middle school age, all right? That ought to let you know right now. If they wrote this story down, it's because they're going, there's going to be a lesson here. 12-year-old boy, right? When the days of the special supper were over, they started back to their town. So they go, Jesus, Mary, and, and Joseph are going to this special moment, right? Passover, they're going to have this great celebration. When they get up there, they're remembering, oh, we did forget. No, that's right, go to the right one. But the boy Jesus was still in Jerusalem, and his parents did not know it. Now, this right here could be overlooked. You could miss it. But hopefully today, you will feel better. This is Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, go up to Jerusalem for the special supper, and guess what? They're leaving and they forget Jesus. You're, wait, what? This is proof for every middle school parent in here. When you want to leave your middle school somewhere, so did Mary and Joseph, all right? It continues. Believe it or not, Luke chapter 2. They thought Jesus was with the others of the group. But they walked for one day. Time out. You're not sure you got your kid with you? And then you're walking and you're like, hey, man, it's been 24 hours before you realize Jesus is not with you. This ought to make you feel a little bit better. It ought to remind you that when you're raising middle school kids, you can lose your mind. Mary and Joseph did, so it's okay for you to lose your mind. They walked for a full day before they realized, hey, he's not with us. So what they do next? Then they looked for him among their family and friends. When they could not find Jesus, they turned back to Jerusalem to look for him. My sister-in-law texted me. They just got back from this beautiful part of the world in Israel. They looked at the fact that they walked at about a 2,000-foot elevation. So they had to walk back uphill to try to find Jesus. They did not know where he was. They've already missing him for a solid day. And they're trying to figure it out. They're going, I cannot believe we've left our kid. Now, confessions as a student pastor. I did student ministry for a long time. I've only left one kid one time. Now, it was a bad time, but I have left Danny Garza. We went to Universal Studios. We did our head count. We got on the bus and we were leaving and somebody goes, hey, I think we're missing one. That's never a good sign, all right? 
You never want to hear that as the leader. Well, me and Stuart had to turn the bus around, and Danny Garza had been left at Universal Studios. And here is the whole moral of that story. Nobody's going to get it right. But to make me feel better, it only took us a few minutes to figure that out, that she wasn't there. Look at this. Three days later, they found Jesus. Can you imagine like three days later, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but when you go, hey, where's my kid? You panic after a couple minutes. You're talking about three full days. So when you're beating yourself up and you feel like a bad parent, hey, here's a great example. They left Jesus, man. Now, one other little story. I told you about Medea, my mama. We were going to see her parents down in Pineville, Louisiana. And on the way back, I guess being a middle schooler, about 12 years old, I had driven my mom to the point of being insane about as we topped this hill she looked at me and she said I'm going to kick you out of this car and I was like oh you ain't gonna kick me out of this car you ain't gonna kick me out of this car so she stops the car in the middle of a highway said get out of the car I'm like mom like I'm not gonna get out of the car remember she's Medea get out of the car or I will beat you until and throw you out of this car all right Apparently, I had driven her to the point of losing her mind. So she's serious. Get out of the car. So I finally get out of the car. The door shuts, and she drives off. <laughs> she left me at 12 years old on the side of the road. Now, we laughed about this later, but she said, I drove over that hill just gleefully. You know, like, God, that's it. God, he's gone, you know. And then she said, I got about, you know, a mile down the road, which that's still a long way. You know, and then she stopped. She's like, I guess I should go back and get him. So she turned back around and what do you think I'm doing? I'm crying on the side of the road. Mama, mama. She's like, get in and shut up and go on home. We're going home. You know, I didn't say a word. I drove up we drove all the way home and we laughed about it forever. And I was thinking that 10 minutes felt like eternity for her to do that. I'm like, I cannot imagine being three days not being able to find him. But this is why I encourage you. If Jesus' mom and dad lost Jesus and they've made mistakes, it's okay for you to make mistakes. I have to kind of look at this and go, why did they put this story in there? What is this all about? And I think one of the reasons is for all of you who feel like you're not good enough, you feel like you got to be perfect, you feel like you got to knock it out of the park, even Jesus' parents messed up. Now, if you've ever had a kid hide in the clothes rack at a store, anybody been there? Freaks you out. We have. Like, where are you at? Where are you at? I only say all this because in the parenting role that we're all trying to navigate, you're just going to make some mistakes. And I don't want you to judge Mary and Joseph because the truth is we've all lost Jesus at a time in our lives. May have been college, may have been late high school, maybe you're young adults, but you're here now. And so why do I remind you of this? It's because when mom's walking here and it's Mother's Day, and you're excited and you get your roses or your flowers or your carnations and your punch and all this other stuff, there's still something in your head that's playing like, I just don't know if I'm good enough. I just don't know if I've done enough. I just don't know if I'm really the mom I should be. And maybe because you're looking at the failures, you're looking at the mistakes, and the truth is we all feel like a failure at different times in our life. Last week we had graduation. I'll prove it. Graduation, we're honoring all the seniors and everybody and all this stuff. And Ashley, one of my good friends, we walk out of here 
And we're out in the lobby with her son, and she's like, I'm a bad mom. And I was like, why? She goes, I didn't remember it was graduation Sunday. I didn't turn in my picture. I didn't do anything. So to make her feel better, boom, Kenny, come on, give her some applause, right? Have you ever been there? You forget the homework, you forget the thing, and then, I don't know if you know, she's married to Doug Warner on television, you know, great family, but she was like, she told me after, I saw her just because she was here at the early service, she walked out, she goes, thank you for redeeming me. I feel like I failed as a mom. I'm like, no, Ashley, we are going to make mistakes. You're not going to get it right every time. There is no one perfect. Even Jesus' parents made mistakes. You already know the scriptures, and I'll remind you, though, just in case, Romans 3.23, we've all messed up. Word called sin, you're going to not get it right. 1 John 1 8, if we say we've never messed up, then we're fooling ourselves. So if you're a parent and you're walking through your mistakes, I want you to know you're not alone. All of us there, we are all going to mess up. When you walk out, you may mess up today. But mom, here is the key. And this is the key for every mom in here today, particularly this generation. When you mess up, don't beat yourself up. See, this is what I hear. we got a staff full of women, mamas, young mamas, mamas raising teenagers. Now we got empty nest mamas. There's all these different people. We're all walking through these things. And then when we don't get it right or they mess up, including Angie, I'm just a horrible mom. I just don't know if I'm ever going to get it right. You just deserve a better mom. You start getting all these different things in their mind. And maybe you can relate. And it, I thought about this as I hear that. And I can't help but think that the enemy doesn't need to defeat us because we have a problem defeating ourselves. When you look back at your life and you start thinking, well, I didn't do this right, and I didn't do this right, and I could have done that better, and this should have been, okay, we all can look back and go, we could have, should have, would have. But when we are evaluating yourself, the reason that you're here today, I want to challenge you to not beat yourself up and look to the positive. Look to the things you have gotten right, to the things that are right. Proverbs says it like this. You're talking about old school? For as someone thinks in their heart, that's the way they will be. He or she, it doesn't matter. When you start thinking a certain way, the next thing you know, you're going to start going in that way. And then if you're thinking it, then the next thing you know, you say it. So then you look at Proverbs 18.21, words kill and words can give life. Either they're poison or they're fruit, but you choose. So when you're saying negative things over and over and over again, it's like you're choosing to poison yourself and those around you. We already know this. This is why we tell our kids that, man. No, listen, you're going to be good. And don't you give up, man. We believe in you, and, but we don't say it to ourselves or we don't believe it about ourselves. James says it like this. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or it can destroy it. So here's my advice, my encouragement, my challenge. Stop cursing yourself and speak what God says about you. Believe what he says about you. Proverbs 31, old school. She is clothed with strength and dignity. That is you. As we reflect on the beauty of the writers, he's reflecting on this woman, this Proverbs 31 woman. No, this is who you are. God, I see this in me. And she lasts without fear of the future. You're not anxious about the future. You're trusting God, walking with him and in your strength and in your dignity. Now you're trusting God for the future. And when she speaks, her words are wise. You are wise. There's so much wisdom inside of you that comes out and helps so many around you. And she gives instructions with kindness. And this is just a glimpse of the truth of who God says you are. 
and the future that you have and the beautiful person that you are becoming day by day. Now, just to go even more old school, I thought I'd pull up a pretty miraculous woman by the name of Deborah. Wise, strong, and yes, even a leader. When people are wondering whether a woman can be a leader and this Bible and how they work, so here's a great example that often doesn't get talked about or celebrated. But on Mother's Day, let's look. Judges chapter 4. Israel's leader, she's in charge. She's at the top, right? She was the one responsible for bringing people back to God. Her name was Deborah. And you go, well, man, well, who is Deborah? What is her story? She held court at a place now called Deborah's Palm Tree. So this woman had authority. She was able to, you know, settle disputes. She was like a judge at the time. But here's the thing that I want you to know. This was a woman that got what I've been telling you. She understood that she would speak victory and not defeat. When everybody else around her, including many of the men leaders of the armies and things, began to talk down and we're just never going to make it, we're going to get defeated, she was just the opposite. She knew the power of her words and when she spoke them, she knew that God was going to hear them and that God had put them in that position. When you look at Judges 4.14, she says, now is the time for action. The Lord leads on. He has already delivered the enemy into our hands. So why are we sitting around here? Let's go win. Let's go take this over because God is with us. We're going to be able to accomplish this. And what's funny is, is I didn't put it on the screen, but you can go look this up. Some of the men were around her. They were kind of a little worried about going into battle. And she said, let me say this to you. Don't let the history books write that a woman led us into battle without you. Let's go fight. I'm like, dude, that's old school, son. That's like my mama. She's like, man, don't be going out like that. We're going to go fight this. You can do it. You can accomplish it. And here we are in Scripture finding that exact example. Go look it up. There's another example in that same passage of a lady by the name of Jael. Let me just tell you something, right? That's not a woman you want to study and put on Mother's Day because it involves a spike, a hammer, and a man's head. That's all I'm going to say about that, all right? But it's all right here. Why? Because what they were saying was, is like, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. and I'm not going to let the enemy say something about me or defeat me. I can do what God's called me to do. I have strengths. I can accomplish that. I am a woman that has the ability to lead and to inspire, to encourage. And mom, when you look in the mirror and you see all your weaknesses, I want to tell you what we see. We see your strengths. My mom would constantly beat herself up. She'd come from an abused background. She had all these doubts. Self-worth was a problem. She'd begin to just think, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. I don't know if I'm ever going to accomplish anything. And then my, me and my brother were, were coming around, and we weren't always the best, as you can imagine. But as we got into the church world, which nobody would ever believe that that was going to happen, she would sit back and watch how God used her to put us in the positions that we were in because truly she was the leader she was the strength she was the one who taught us the word she's the one who invested in us and when we look back we would always try to tell her but not tell her enough that's why I'm glad you're here today that's why we have the opportunity now that she's in heaven many of us regret that we didn't quite have enough time with our loved ones and we didn't say all the things that we want to say that's what Mother's Day is all about 
And when you're beating yourself up and you're thinking about all these things that you could have done better and your weaknesses, when I tell you we see your strengths, I'm going to prove it. If you've ever watched any MVP or Hall of Fame or acceptance speech, the majority, if not almost every one of them, will think they're who? Their mother. Their mother. Mom. 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 They rarely think they're dad. That's a whole other issue, but we'll go into that later. But they're going, this woman gave me everything that I needed. This woman taught me. She led me. She invested in me. There's something special about a mom. I'm going to prove it to you with the MVP, Kevin Durant, basketball star. When I found this, I had to show it because he's got all of these players, all these accolades. People are giving him trophies and they're celebrating him. And guess what he drives home when he has the opportunity? Well, I won't make you guess. I'll show you. Watch. And, and last, my mom. Everybody told us we weren't supposed to be here. We moved from apartment to apartment by ourselves. One of the best memories I had is when we moved into our, our first apartment. No, no bed, no furniture. And we just all sat in, in the living room and just hugged each other. Because we, that's what we, we thought we made it. And when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. Yeah, come on, man. Give it up for him. You see weaknesses. We see strength. As I started searching, found all kind of speeches. I just pulled Kevin's just because it was sweet, man, and I thought powerful. But I ran across another speech of Andrew Garfield, another very famous actor. And it was an unexpected moment. It wasn't an award. It was when the host asked him a question about his mom and the recent loss of his mom. And if you don't think you have value, you don't think it matters... I pray that, as I said when we started this message, that you will understand how special you are to us. And this is just a glimpse of a very famous actor as he reflects on the one person who had the biggest impact. Watch. I know that you yourself uh, have suffered great grief mm. just recently mm -hmm. with the loss of your mother. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry for your family's loss. Thank you. And yeah. I'm um... <laughs> I love talking about it, by the way. So if I cry, it's only like, mm. it's only a beautiful thing. This is all the unexpressed love, right? The grief that will remain with us, you know, until we pass because we didn't 
we never get enough time with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter if someone lives till 60, 15, or you know, 99. So I hope this grief stays with me because it's all the unexpressed love that I didn't get to, to tell her. And I told her every day. We all, we, we all told her every day. She was the best of us. And this film is kind of to do with that. It's to do with this ticking clock that we all have, that we all know in somewhere deep down that life is sacred, life is short, and we better just be here as much as possible with each other, holding on to each other. And for me, I got to sing Jonathan Larson's unfinished song while simultaneously singing for my mother and her unfinished song. I'm indebted to any, any, everyone who's brought me to this place so that I can, I can honor the most beautiful person that I've ever experienced in my life through my art. Yeah, go ahead, y'all. Come on, give Andrew some love, too. I found this scripture, and it's, I've looked at it many times, but I think the reason Andrew feels the way he feels is because every time I remember you, there's something I'm grateful for. I know it is for my mom. And when we remember it takes us back to the sacrifices, as you heard Kevin and talk about, and the love that Andrew talks about. And even as he's performing and carrying on his life, he's thinking about his mom. He's performing a beautiful song, and he's in a whole other place. But in that moment, the person that comes to his mind is his mother. And moms, maybe you need to be reminded today of how special you are. And that is our hope. That's why we're thankful that you're watching. That's why we're thankful you're in the room is because today is for you. It's our chance to say thank you. It's our chance to say we love you. It's our chance to remember the sacrifices. Someone snapped this picture, and I don't know who snapped it, but it was taken of my mom on the first day of Simple Church when we had our service. If you see that smile on her face, my mom hated pictures, and she rarely smiled because of the abuse, because of the struggles. I mean, she cleaned houses. She was a a lady that worked so hard, man, to buy us the things that we wanted, to take care of us, to make sure that we felt loved. And on that day... Someone captured her joy of it happening, that the simple church was being birthed, that look at my son. My brother comes and starts working for us, and she was super excited about that we would not only get to launch a church, but we would get to do it together. And I can only imagine, like when Ian's playing bass today, you know, Hannah's out front with Emma working, how proud she would be of her grandkids. And I always tell people this because, you know, I do a lot of funerals. And every time I have an opportunity to talk about a mom or a a dad, but particularly a mom, I always say, it all starts with you, mama. And that's why you don't understand your value, but you don't know what God's going to do. This was a woman who had gone through some tough times and didn't believe that God was going to do anything and you're sitting in a room where her knucklehead son is up talking to you 
that God decided to bless and use us. And that's why she's going, I can't believe it, God. Look what you did. And she would tell me and my brother all the time. And I try to tell my kids, it all starts with those before us. And that's why when there's an 84-year-old grandma, I wasn't going to let you get left out. I'm like, she's back here. Why? Because every day is a gift. Every moment is a gift. And there's no one like your mama. There is no one like you. You're that special. And we're super grateful for you. And young mamas, when you think, oh, I just not what my mom was or my grandmother. I took this picture of my beautiful wife with her kids. But I can tell you, I watch you, Angie. There's no one like you. You learn from your mom. Mimi is a lover, sacrifices, gives. And Angie, you've learned from the best. And you love and you sacrifice and you give. And when you're battling with, I'm a failure, I'm just not good enough. I'm going to tell you something, you are enough. Angie, you're enough. Mimi, you're enough. Every mom in here, you're enough. And you don't have to be like anybody else. Just be you. You're not trying to compare yourself to your mom or your great-grandmother. God has uniquely equipped you to be the mom that you are. I showed you the Mom's Night Out clip earlier, and I'm going to end with this clip. I want you to listen close because this is for everyone that struggles with your worth, that struggles with what you're doing and why you're doing it and what's God doing. This should be, hopefully, a reminder for everyone in here of how special you are. Watch. I can't. I can't get in front of it. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just, I'm not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You? Not enough for you. I was raised in church. This might surprise you, but I have since drifted from the faith. Shocker. My mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run, 
Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. You know, I saw something on Pinterest the other day. It was an eagle just caring for its young. It's a beautiful thing to watch one of God's creations just doing what he made it to do. Just being an eagle. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. Oh. You think after watching it time after time you wouldn't cry. I'm not a mother. Why am I crying? I think it's because I think of my mom, I think of Angie, I think of all of the moms that I know. And you just keep beating yourself up. And I'm going to show you one last scripture to remind you just what Trace said. His voice is mesmerizing me, isn't it? Yeah. But remember this. For you, mom, are God's masterpiece. He created you, mom, brand new in Christ Jesus, so that you can do the good things that he planned for you to do long ago. You're not an accident. He blessed you. He chose you. He has a plan for you. And as much as you want your kids to know that, as much as you try to invest in your kids and teach them and show them that, I want you to receive it today. You receive what he believes and knows about his beautiful creation. Father, I pray as we walk out of here today, that they would have the courage, the strength to receive what you say about them. That they would turn down the noise of they're not good enough, the anxiety, the fear of the future, and that they would trust you. That you want to lead them and guide them and direct them. And that you chose them to be the mom You've chosen them to lead and to love like nobody else. And I thank you that they're here today, that they're listening, that they're watching. And as they walk out, I pray that they would receive what you say about them. They're full of strength and dignity. Their words are full of kindness. Lord, that they would look at Deborah and they would know they can lead when other people fallen away and people fall in fear, that they would stand up and be strong, not in their own strength, but in your strength. 
for the single moms, for the widow moms. Give them what they need, Father, to walk out of here and continue to be the light, to be the, the leader that you've called them to be. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for my mom. I thank you for her strength. I thank you for her investment. And I pray, God, if there's someone here that they don't know you, like my mom taught us as a kid, they would say, Justin, you can't go on. You, my mom told her you can't go on without Jesus. Not church, not religion, but you need Jesus. Lord, let them receive that same power, that same strength that comes from you today. Let their life be renewed, like as this scripture says, because of you, Jesus. And it's simply saying, Jesus, I've messed up. I, I need you. We all mess up. You're the only one who's been perfect, and I need you to come in my life and give me the strength to start over to, to follow you. I need the grace and the forgiveness. And you'll meet them right there. And you won't just leave them there. You'll help us to be everything that you created us to be. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.